Welcome to Finding Food and Fitness Freedom, the Empowered RX podcast that is dedicated to helping women achieve deep health and empowerment. Together with our team of experts, we are going to lead you on a journey of true transformation. It's time to break free from the clutches of diet culture and disordered eating to embrace a sustainable path to wellness. Our mission is to empower you with knowledge and support as we navigate this adventure together. With the strength of community and the guidance of our mentors, we'll debunk myths, challenge norms, and re-educate about what it truly means to be healthy. And yes, we're passionate about weightlifting. It's not just about physical gains, it's about building inner strength and confidence that radiates in all aspects of life. So let's embrace science-backed approaches and leave behind the quick fix mindset. This is about fostering a positive relationship with food, fitness, and ourselves. So if you're ready to embark on a journey of growth and self-discovery, hit that subscribe button and make sure to follow along on all of our episodes. Together, we'll find the freedom that comes from living a balanced and empowered life. Thank you for joining us on Finding Food and Fitness Freedom. Stay humble, stay curious, and remember, true health is within your reach. Welcome back to Finding Food and Fitness Freedom, an Empowered RX podcast. I am your host, Leah, and today we're diving deep into the worlds of fats and why they are crucial, especially for women. But before we jump into these important topics, I want to address the elephant in the room, and that is, why do we collectively as women fear fat? Today I'm here to help demunk some of these beliefs that have been ingrained in our culture. The, the first thing I want to address is that fear. For decades, fats have been demonized and many women have been led to believe that they should avoid them at all costs. This fear, of course, has been fueled by misconceptions about fat leading to weight gain and health problems. But this fear is unfounded. And I want to clarify that not all fats are created equal. We have saturated fats, which are often found in animal products and some plant oils. And then there are unsaturated fats like monounsaturated, polyunsaturated fats, which are considered to be heart healthy. Well, not all fats are nutritionally weighted the same. Having fat in our diet is essential. Having fun foods in our diet is essential. And here at Empowered RX, we do not demonize food or food quality. We believe that all foods fit into a healthy diet in mind and body. So I turned to our empowered community to really get a feel for what myths are circulating out there right now. And we're going to go through all these. The first one, fat makes you fat. This is one of the most persistent misconceptions. Um, consuming healthy fats in moderation won't inherently make you gain weight. This is a myth that is designed to have us fear food and have us fear certain bodies. And uh, there's a lot of socio-political um, and, and racial undertones to where these myths originated. And we're not going to dive into that today. We'll leave that for a separate episode. However, just know that eating healthy fats does not make you quote-unquote fat. Myth number two, all fats are bad. We know different types of fats have varying effects on health, but the reality is is the relationship of dietary fat 
to chronic disease is nuanced and it includes things like genetics, lifestyle habits, um, the food we consume, the amount that we exercise, our mental health, um, other habits like drinking and smoking. Saturated and trans fats are associated with increased risk of heart disease, while unsaturated fats, well, particularly omega-3s, are linked to heart health benefits. It's really about choosing the right sort of lifestyle, and that is one that includes, we believe, moderation, all foods, and a healthy approach to mind and body. Next myth, myth number three. Fat-free means healthy. Healthiness isn't solely determined by fat content, but by a food's overall nutritional profile. And many fat-free or low-fat products compensate with added sugars and processed ingredients, which some people believe have negative health implications. Now, here at Empowered Rx, we believe in an all-foods-fit approach, and we also don't believe that sugar is something that should be demonized. That being said, when you're hearing talk about sugars and processed ingredients, it's important to note that the dose you would need to truly be dangerous is quite high and would need to be accompanied by other lifestyle factors that are associated with chronic disease. Fat-free does not mean healthy. Fat-free means it's free from, from dietary fat. Dietary fat has so many amazing benefits, which you're going to learn about later in this podcast. Number four, fats should be eliminated for weight loss. This myth has a couple different layers to it. First, we want to ask you, well, why are you trying to lose weight? And is this a healthy action to take? Um, this is something you should consult your doctor for. Uh, We would recommend that you uh, talk to a health at every size or an eating disorder informed doctor so that you can get help if you need it. Most of the time, women who are trying to shrink in size are coming from a place of self-deprecation and um, a mindset that is not truly one of health. And so that is the precursor to answering this question. However, successful sustainable weight management isn't about food elimination, but about moderation and maintaining a balanced macronutrient composition in your diet. Healthy fats are part of this macronutrient composition and are crucial to overall health and well-being. And we're going to talk further about that in just a second. Number five, fat slows down metabolism. Myth number five, fat slows down metabolism. I think not. Metabolism is influenced by so many different factors. We've already touched on this, but genetics, activity level, diet, age, underlying chronic disease, gender, um, the food that we eat, the stress that we have. Healthy fats provide sustained energy and support nutrient absorption, which actually benefits metabolism. So all of these myths show us that there's a ton of misinformation out there, and this is going to lead us into actually digging into what fats are when it comes to nutrition and why they truly are important for not just human beings, but specifically for females and hormone health. We got to go over fats and what they are, why they're important, and how they impact female hormones, because that is truly the basis of this episode. So in the world of nutrition, macros or macronutrients play a pivotal role in our overall health. 
Carbs and proteins are often um, macros that steal the show, especially protein in the world of athletics, which is where I have lived with my career for over 16 years. So I hear a lot about protein. Carbohydrates get hated on a lot as well. They're starting to become more... um, appreciated in the world of athletics as they are a main source of energy, but fats are often kept out of the limelight and it's time to shine the spotlight on them and their profound influence on female health. We're going to talk about the fascinating connection between fats and female hormones and then we're going to also talk about why they're crucial for women's well-being on a, a mental health perspective which really ties together the basis of Empowered, and that is the intersection of mind, body, and spirit, and seeking health. Before we dive into the hormonal interplay, I, I want to refresh just the basics of fats just really quickly. Um, fats are one of the three essential macros, like I mentioned, alongside carbohydrates and proteins. They are a super dense source of energy, Um, and, and it makes them an efficient energy storehouse. They are at baseline, what we run off of on a day to day basis. So if we're not getting enough of these, um, not only will we feel exhausted, fatigued, but our cognitive processes are going to be diminished. We might feel more moody and then we're going to start to notice that our body, um, it's just going to almost look dull. Uh, we're going to lose that glow to our skin, that shine to our hair. We might see um, more dry skin. So fats are a really important part of the integumentary system. And we know that we can't always determine somebody's internal health based on what they look like on the outside. But when women are under caloric restriction for long periods of time, we definitely start to notice the impact of of malnutrition on our our physical attributes. So I I don't want to go into it too much more than that, the basics, but fats um, are basically the building blocks of hormones. So hormones are messengers that regulate various bodily functions, um, such as menstruation and metabolism. And, and many hormones are derived from fats, or at least they require fats for production. So the two main key female sex hormones, estrogen and progesterone, they rely on cholesterol, which is a type of fat, as their precursor. So if we're not getting enough fat, obviously that's going to impact these hormones. And by ensuring a sufficient intake of healthy fats, we're going to make sure that our hormones are balanced and that our, our body's able to run optimally. Balanced hormone levels are also crucial for a healthy menstrual cycle. Imbalances lead to not only irregular periods, but severe PMS or even conditions like polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I don't know about you, but oftentimes if I've you know heard people talking about PMS, people are popping ibuprofen, they're commiserating, they're sitting with a heating pad, kind of hiding away in their bed, but not many people are looking at their diet to make sure that they're they're fueling their bodies to have a uh, healthy and happier period. So healthy fats such as omega-3 fatty acids, these things are found in fish, flax seeds, walnuts. They can help hormone production and they, they even go as far as alleviating some menstrual discomfort. Um, fats are also essential for fertility, which is extremely important. 
we see a higher need for monounsaturated and polyunsaturated fats. Again, these are like our omega-3s and our omega-6s. They can be found in olive oil, fish, um, flaxseed, walnuts, almonds, all those sorts of things. Super, super helpful for fertility. And then, of course, um, they're going to help our ovulation and then just creating a healthy environment that makes us uh, more likely to conceive and makes implantation of an embryo more likely to occur. So once we're pregnant, um, there are significant hormonal fluctuations and, and even into postpartum, which is after pregnancy. Healthy fats play a vital role in nurturing both the mom and the growing baby. And by having adequate fat intake, it supports production of hormones that also help breastfeeding. So this is one of the things that's really important and a lot of women start to become, I would say, either curious or concerned about their nutrition at the moment that they begin to plan their um, either pre-pregnancy or pregnancy journey. And while that is awesome, we recommend that women tune into their nutrition for you know reasons of fertility and reproductive health before that point right? Because it takes time um, to build healthy habits and things like that. So hormones and emotional well-being is something that's extremely important. And we'll see increased mood fluctuations during pregnancy, postpartum, and menstruation in the absence of adequate fat intake. But overall, we need fats for emotional well-being. Um, Imbalances can lead to mood swings, anxiety, depression, and it also can help reduce inflammation and, and pain perception, which is which is really cool. One of the big things that we talk about in Empowered is bone health because just eight weeks of um, severe caloric restriction can start to decrease bone mineral density, which is really crazy to think about that. So if you are a woman who has chronically dieted or yo-yo dieted, um, this is this is really important for you to, to take in right now. So hormones like estrogen play a role in maintaining bone mineral density. During menopause, when estrogen levels decline, women end up being at a higher risk of osteoporosis. If we've been calorically restricting prior to that, which many women have just by the nature of diet culture, um, lower bone mineral density is even more common and accelerated. So by consuming healthy fats and vitamin D, which is a fat-soluble vitamin, um, that it helps basically aid in calcium absorption for bones. Like we're, we're able to look forward and look ahead to long-term health, not just in-the-moment health. And I think diet culture is a quick-fix, short-term solution. It's nearsighted. It does not take into consideration women's health across the lifespan and unique needs of different ages and um, reproductive phases in life. And I think we do a huge disservice to women in the fitness and personal training field by not touching upon nutrition in, in a, a phasic way. So yeah, the, the intricate dance between macro fats and female hormones really shows how holistic um, female bodies are and, and we are cyclical. We, we need to embrace diets rich in healthy fats, including avocados, nuts, seeds, fatty fish, these are all going to contribute to hormonal balance, menstrual health, fertility, emotional well-being, and bone health, which are many of the pillars of, of female health. But it's really important to remember, you guys, that dietary choices should be part of a broader commitment to overall health and well-being. 
So when we nourish our bodies with fats, we support all of the female hormones and this allows us to essentially thrive in every stage of life. So one of the things that I am going to be doing in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be doing a specific episode on how to eat and work out to match your cycle. Super fun. This is something we can nerd out together with. And I know it sounds silly, but it is so helpful. Basically hacking your health and your menstrual cycle and finding alignment in the activities, the foods we choose and all that to match the different phases of our cycle. It was a game changer for me. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. That will be coming up. So hormones are important and, and they're often things that we complain about but don't realize we have much control over. One of the things that we do often feel really bummed out about it as women, and I, I do believe this is because of diet culture, is, is the phrase metabolism. That can actually be a very triggering word in eating disorder recovery. In a world that's like so obsessed with diets, quick fixes, unrealistic beauty standards, like we have to shift our focus to a more balanced and sustainable approach to health. And one key aspect of this journey is, is understanding metabolism and the role that healthy fats play in our well-being. So we're gonna debunk diet culture myths surrounding fats and metabolism right now. And, and I know that this word can be triggering, but, but please hang with us and um, hopefully you'll learn a lot along the way. Metabolism is our body's intricate network of processes that convert food into energy. It's not something that we should control or manipulate. It's actually something that is going to happen on its own and we want to nurture and support those processes. Diet culture tells us that we need to control it, that we need to fix it, that we are broken, uh, that we are slow. And this is just very, very um, black and white minimalistic um, ways of, of thinking. And we can't, it's, it's reductionist in nature. We cannot break it down to be that simple. And it makes us feel really out of control and helpless. And it often leads us to trying supplements or diets that are going to you know, speed up our metabolism, quote unquote. A healthy metabolism ensures that our body functions optimally, maintains energy levels and vitality overall. Um, so I think that that's like really, really important. And, you know, there's a lot of myths out there. Some of the myths that we've already talked about are that fats make you fat. All fats are bad. Low fat diets are best for metabolism. Fat slows down metabolism. Fat-free means healthy. These are not true. None of them are true. Embracing a metabolism-focused, anti-diet culture perspective means prioritizing balance and nourishment. And, and here's how you can do it. And this is really going to help us to support our metabolism in the same way. And that is number one, to eat mindfully. Learning to eat intuitively and to listen to our body's hunger and fullness cues that is one of the biggest things that we can learn to do to support our metabolism. And we need to make sure that we eat foods that provide both pleasure and nourishment. Our body is a finely tuned, adaptive, intelligent machine. It knows what it wants and needs. By years and years of overriding our hunger cues or that, that intuitive feedback that we should be getting, we end up numbing that that intuition essentially and it, it keeps us from being able to tune into what our body wants and and it diminishes our ability to thrive we want to include nourishing healthy fats again avocados nuts seeds fatty fish 
exercise for well-being rather than physique. So engaging in physical activity that we enjoy, that makes us feel good, rather than just solely for weight loss or fat loss. And we need to prioritize our mental health. This is one of the biggest pieces of metabolism that people don't realize is that depression and anxiety impede our ability to have a thriving metabolism. We need to recognize that mental health is not only um, like a, a buzzword, but an integral part of well-being. I, I truly believe everyone should have a therapist or at least have therapeutic support in their life, uh, especially during times of high distress. But I digress. We have to embrace a metabolism-focused anti-diet culture perspective. Healthy fats are not the enemy, but they actually nurture our metabolism by avoiding um, food groups overall our, our metabolism is going to basically read the room and say wow we're not getting what we need something's going on we're going to slow everything down to conserve resources here so your body is your home you guys it deserves to be treated with love respect and nourishment we need to honor diversity of food honor our unique metabolic needs and prioritize well-being over unrealistic standards if I just made it sound simple in action, it is because it truly is. If we show up, we nourish our body, we allow it to be what it wants to be, our metabolism is going to thrive. Um, now, genetics also play a, a role in that. Um, it's a complex and, and really intricate um, group of processes that occurs in the cells of our body. And it involves so many different chemical reactions that convert the food we eat into energy. And it's also the building blocks for cells and tissues. So I'm going to give you a brief overview of metabolism here. We're going to break it down just because we get this a lot. Metabolism is this big, um, illusory word that people really don't understand what it means or, or how it works. And we end up under fueling. And I'm going to explain this in a minute, but Underfueling is actually one of the worst things that we can do for our metabolism. Most women are not eating enough. So the first part of metabolism we're going to go over is your basal metabolic rate. And this is the amount of energy or calories that the body needs to maintain basic functions while at rest. If you slept for 24 hours, this would be your basal metabolic rate because you still need to breathe. Blood needs to circulate. Cell repair needs to occur. Um, and basal metabolic rate basically... It varies from person to person based on age, mental health, sleep, sex, genetics, muscle mass, gender, um, genetics. Like there's so many different factors that come into play here. And what people don't realize is that most people's basal metabolic rate is more than sometimes most diets recommend women eat. Think about that for a second. There are diets that recommend 1,200 calories a day. First of all, that's what a four-year-old should be eating, um, not what a full-grown woman should be eating. Second of all, that doesn't even cover the amount of calories we need for our basal metabolic rate. If we slept for 24 hours, we still need minimum that amount of calories. And so we are doing ourselves a huge disservice to follow diets that basically tell us not even to eat, consume the amount of food we need to do our basic functions of breathing and blood circulation. That's just wild. When you, you learn that, it's like, whoa, what the heck? These diets are not science-based. They are not evidence-based. They are based on influencers, quick fixes, and they really wreak havoc on the body. Then we have energy input, and this comes from the food and beverages we consume. We have the macros in our food, carbs, fats, and pro proteins. And these provide the body with the energy it needs to function. 
the energy we put into our body is, is used for so many different processes. And if we have extra energy that is put into the body, it is then either um, used as energy or it is stored as energy. And this is something that people fear a lot because we are afraid of weight gain because of diet culture. However, when we start to truly tune into our intuition and, and eat intuitively, our body's going to tell us what it needs for that day. And it varies day to day. Some days I'm really stressed. I am on the move. I have lots to do. Other days I'm having a really easy rainy day movie night and I'm cleaning the house a little bit, but not moving too much. My body might need less, but we cannot trust these external sources of diet culture to tell us what our needs are. Then we have digestion and absorption. So after eating, our digestive system breaks down um, carbs into sugars, fats into fatty acids, and proteins into amino acids. And these smaller molecules are then absorbed into the bloodstream. They're circulated and used for various processes. The moment food enters our mouth, we have salivary glands that start to help um, with digestive enzymes. We start to chew the food. That's like a mechanical process that uses energy. We swallow. Um, our food travels down into our stomach and starts the digestive um, breakdown a little bit further. And then it moves into um, our intestines and, and everything like that. And so one of the things people don't realize is that that takes energy as well. So for, for those who are in eating disorder recovery, there's something called um, gastroparesis or delayed gastric emptying. This is something that can happen when we're not eating enough food. Our digestive processes slow down and it can cause stomach pain, discomfort, bloating, and distension. So if, if you're wondering why that's happening, it's because we're not eating enough. Then we have two processes called anabolism and catabolism. And these metabolism basically is, is these two primary processes. So anabolism is basically the building of molecules from simple ones, okay, to bigger ones. So building would be we consume protein to build protein. Catabolism, on the other hand, is the breakdown of molecules, it releases energy in the process. So there's this thing called muscle wasting that can occur in many chronic diseases such as cancer, um, but it can also occur in disordered eating where we're simply not eating enough or, or we're malnourished in protein or other caloric needs. And this happens when our body actually starts to break down our muscle tissue to use it for energy because it's not getting enough from food. It's very scary um, and, and very detrimental. Then we have something called cellular respiration, and this happens um, inside our cells, and it's a significant portion of metabolism. I'm going to get nerdy for a second. <laughs> it's called cellular respiration. It happens in the mitochondria of our cells. If you took science uh, in college, science 101, or even in high school, you might remember that the mitochondria is the powerhouse um, of the cell, and here glucose and fatty acids are oxidized to produce ATP, which is the cell's primary energy currency. Now, if you work with me and you're a weightlifter, you're gonna have heard the word ATP thrown around a lot because ATP is one of our main sources of fuel that we use, especially ATP-CP um, in weightlifting with those high power, short burst sort of movements. So we use aerobic respiration when we run 
And then we use glucose um, a little bit more when we're doing quick bursts and, and things like lifting weights or picking things up off the floor. This energy balance is, is determined basically by the relationship between energy input or the food we consume and energy output. That's things like our basal metabolic rate, the thermic effect of food, which is that digestive process, physical activity, and other things. And this is something that people don't don't really think about. They think about, oh, exercise is my output. Food is my intake. They don't realize that there's all these other processes going on 24-7 that require nourishment. Then we have something called hormonal regulation. Hormones play a crucial role in regulating metabolism. I'll give the example of insulin, and, and this is something that helps regulate blood sugar levels, and it helps with the uptake of glucose into cells. We also have things like thyroid hormones, and these influence our basal metabolic rate and overall functioning as well. Um, I have Hashimoto's hypothyroidism, and this makes me prone to having less energy if I'm not on the right dose of medication or I'm inconsistent in taking it. But the medication is supplemental and really helps to make sure that my metabolic functions are um, thriving. Now, something that is really scary, and, and we see this in the eating disorder world in the form of refeeding syndrome, and that's if we are um, experiencing a long duration of chronic deprivation and then we go to eating high periods or high amounts of food, um, we can see our metabolism speed up so quickly that it can lead to metabolic crisis. So one of the things that you know we do in the fitness field um, in working with apparently healthy individuals who have been dieting long-term but maybe are not classified as um, eating disordered patients, um, we will do something called reverse dieting, and this is where we slowly acclimate them to more and more calories and so that their body um, is able to, to adapt to that and able to eat more, and, and the result is always more energy, better workouts, better athletic performance, better mood, and we also end up feeling um, more nourished and satisfied at meal times. In the eating disorder world, it's extremely important that you work with a dietitian who is trained in refeeding syndrome. Um, it can cause electrolyte disturbances and can cause heart issues if we don't have the appropriate amount of nourishment, and that's different from patient to patient. This is why the dietitian is such a crucial um, role in, in early recovery and beyond. So we talked about overall metabolism and the role of fats. And I'm, I'm hoping that you can see that metabolism is so nuanced and so complex and there's so many different parts to it. It's not just a matter of, oh, let me outwork the food that I ate. That is so dangerous. We end up eating so little compared to what our body actually needs. And those healthy fats are one of the most important things we can do for our hormones, for our metabolism, for our cognitive health. And that's what we're gonna discuss next is fat intake and mental health. When I work with clients, I'll often ask them how they're nourishing their brains. And I'm, I'm usually met with like a stare, like, what do you mean? And sometimes people will jump and say, oh, I play I play brain games on my, my phone or I'm, I'm super nerdy and I love to read about science, but that's not the kind of nourishment that I'm discussing. What I really mean is, is 
how do you fuel with food to support your mental and cognitive health? Healthy fats might not always be the first thing that comes to their mind, but there's emerging research that sheds light on basically the intricate connection between fat intake and mental health. Before we dive into this connection, I want to make sure that we have a thorough understanding of what I mean by um, healthy fats. So healthy fats are often referred to as unsaturated fats, and these include monounsaturated fats, which are found in foods like olive oil, avocado, and nuts. And then there are polyunsaturated fats, which include our omega-3 and omega-6 fatty acids found in fatty fish, flax seeds, and other nuts like walnuts. Then we have our essential fatty acids. These fats cannot be produced by the body and they have to be obtained through diet. Um, Omega-3s and omega-6s fall into this category. A lot of people will supplement. Um, One thing to note is that supplementation might be necessary at times. That's something to talk to your doctor or your dietitian about, but it's typically always best if we can get it from food itself. So I wanna talk about the science behind fat and mental health. Our brain is composed of 60% fat. I'm sure you didn't realize that, but healthy fats like omega-3 fatty acids are so important for building and maintaining just the structure of brain cell membranes. And these fats support communication between brain cells, they influence mood, and they help with cognitive function. Then we have neurotransmitter function. And for those who don't know, a neurotransmitter is a chemical that helps transmit transmit signals between nerve cells. And fats play a role in the production and function of neurotransmitters, such as serotonin and dopamine, which are those happy, feel-good, or adrenaline-producing um, neurotransmitters that are closely linked to mood regulation. Chronic inflammation has also been linked to sort all sorts of various mental health conditions, um, including depression and anxiety, and, and omega-3 fatty acids have been shown to have anti-inflammatory properties that help alleviate symptoms of mood disorders. Then we have things like antioxidant protection, hormone regulation, improved blood flow, Fats support all of these processes, and it's important to recognize that we might not have direct control over all of these functions, right? There's so many different factors, um, more than just what we eat. However, having a nourishing diet that's filled and rich with fats is going to help ensure that we can have optimal functioning. Um, We are going to be playing a part in that, that, that process, basically. So the way that we can um, incorporate healthy fats into our diet, I want you to consider these dietary tips, right? So number one, include fatty fish like salmon or trout um, or tuna in your diet regularly. Snacking on nuts and seeds, which are rich in monounsaturated fats and antioxidants, are awesome. Cooking with olive oil is an excellent source of monounsaturated fat. Adding flax seeds or chia seeds to smoothies or oatmeal can be helpful. And then enjoying avocados in salads, sandwiches, or as a spread might be helpful as well. So don't forget your brain is a powerhouse that thrives on these nutrients. By incorporating fats into your diet, you're not only supporting your cognitive function, but you're nurturing your mental well-being as well. Just remember that a balanced diet, regular physical activity, and overall self-care can play crucial roles in maintaining optimal mental health. However, on the flip side, diet culture can come in 
and it can abuse these guidelines. So I wanna make it very clear that if you are in early or middle recovery or you are without adequate support systems, these tips are for people who are already meeting their basic um, caloric needs, right? We do not want to supplement all of our food for nuts and fish and uh, avocado. This is not something we wanna turn into black and white thinking or extremism. A well-rounded diet contains not only all the macros, fats, carbs, and proteins, but it contains enough calories to support all of our metabolic functions. And it contains foods that are fun, pleasure-inducing, and allow us to thrive in a social setting as well. So if you are somebody who tends to fall under the orthorexic or health, um, you know, health freak, quote unquote health freak uh, label there, this is something that I would say you should meet with a dietitian to discuss before implementing. And as always, I'm not a doctor, so please reach out to them if you plan to make any changes. We really believe that healthy fats are something that is underutilized, underconsumed, and gravely underestimated. And we hope that this podcast allows you to explore your own nutritional needs, to tap into more intuitive ways of living, eating, and being. And we hope that you'll reach out if you need any additional support or resources. With that being said, keep an eye out for our period cycle um, nutrition and movement guide that we'll be having in our podcast coming up in just a few short weeks. And I want to thank you for hanging with me if you've made it this far. I know this podcast was a little bit all over the place. I get caught up in nerding out sometimes. I also lost my notes, so I'm doing this off the top of my head today. So I appreciate you hanging with me. This stuff is super important, something I'm super passionate about. And I hope that you guys take it with you and explore making some small changes to your diet so that you're able to function a little bit more optimally. Have an amazing day and we'll catch you next time.